and oh, welcome. Oh, sorry, I have made a balls of this right away. Hello, and welcome to the Gallant View podcast, Sunday, the 7th of January 2024. I'm getting used to that 24. With me today is my good friend, Mr. David Pollock. David, we're down to a, a bare skeleton of two men, unfortunately. How are you today? Dave, it's the yeah. gals too riding again. You know what's just uh, the stalwarts. You know what we're like. No, it's uh, hello everybody, and please get your comments in and any questions you'd like to us to uh, address. Then please uh, do holler. And let us know. Yeah, good to be back on. It's obviously a uh, something of a lull in activity regarding Rangers, but I'm sure we've uh, some of the issues we could at least get shed a wee tiny bit of light on it, maybe. Yeah, well, it's a it's a pretty bad for news at the at the moment. There's not a lot coming out of Ibrox or uh, or any other sources, to be honest. But I think one of the got to get the the, the worst thing case scenario out the road, Dave, and that was uh, KV Ostend has provided a positive update for the condition of former Rangers player Dapo Mabud. See, so the today was rushed to hospital following a car crash, and he was found to be critical, Dave. Um, the forward's vehicle collided with a tree at an exit in Lopham on Sunday. He was subsequently taken to hospital where his condition was said to be critical. It's believed the forward was travelling to a practice match with Ostend, confirming this had been cancelled as a result. Now it's been revealed by the Belgian side that Mabud has undergone successful surgery. A short statement reads, Dapo Mabud underwent successful surgery after his accident. Tomorrow we will get more information about this situation. We thank the medical staff of AZ Brucha for good care. We think of Dapo and his family and wish them much strength and recovery. There's no other vehicles involved in it, Dave. It seemingly he's, he's come off the road and hit a tree. And it says here that the Public Policy Security Office has appointed a traffic expert to investigate exactly what's happened. Um, no point in placing blame anywhere, Dave. Anybody, just, we just hope he, he gets better. Yeah. Well, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I know when uh, he was with us, we would we had big hopes in this boy, eh? but I mean, football kind of takes a, a back seat in these matters, doesn't it? It's... Uh, it's obviously a very serious accident he's been involved in, and you can only wish him all the best in his recovery. Yeah, that's for sure. It's uh, it's it's never good when you when you hear of these things to anybody really. But um, and unfortunately, a tree doesn't uh, isn't very giving uh, when when you hit it with a car. So so that's uh, one bad the bad thing to get get that out of the road first. Um. Second thing I want to go on, I want that this SFA thing, Dave, is sort of a been turned round. That Rangers are the big bad boys in this, and the SPFL, and I believe the BBC, they sent out highlights. But the way they done it, it was like like that the offside decision, the goal was uh, cut off because of the the offside decision, which is a load of crap, Dave. This is all getting turned against Rangers. They're doing everything. They've got all their men in place. Everybody's all of a sudden snapping at Rangers. 
What do you think? This, I mean, this is all about uh, trying to set the narrative. You know that it's, uh, there's nothing to see here. Look, there's a squirrel. Move on, move on. Uh, I don't think this is going to go away because it's uh, there's there are questions to be asked and Rangers are asking them. And so far, we haven't had some, what you would say is satisfactory answers. So they need to release the the audio of what was discussed between uh, the, the the people on VER, Willie Collum and his sidekick. And uh, I'm, I've been led to, to understand that uh, there was a difference of opinion within the VAR room as to whether this was a penalty kick or not. So clearly, if that is the case, then uh, offside was not an issue that was discussed at the time. That was something which came later on. So um, it, well, the truth will out in the in the fullness of time. We will we will find out what the correct story is. But in the meantime, the SFA, you know, and, and now the referees union are, are now, you know, trying to set the narrative. It's, you know, this is scandalous. How dare you ask us these questions? Rangers are perfectly entitled to ask the questions. I think uh, we should, they should be grown up about it and give us some satisfactory answers. So it isn't going to go away. Willie Collum, could you imagine Willie Collum at Ibrox, you know, anytime soon? It's, just, it's not going to be pretty. So and, until they uh, provide the information that Rangers have requested, I don't think it's going away. If I seen in follow forward during the week, and unfortunately I didn't uh, register where it was or, or, or write it down at the time, but see all these incidents that have been happening to Rangers against Celtic the last few weeks uh, or the last few games, the the roof goal. Um, I think Morelos had had what a goal was uh, cut off because of Morelos. Um. Was supposed to have shoved or something like that, I believe. It's all, it's the same people all the time. Yeah. Same four, uh, referee and far. And it can't all be all Rangers, Dave. That's, there must be somewhere. I mean, that roof goal, there was, the guy fell over roof's legs. No, that was the one which Dessers uh, robbed a defender and eventually the ball went through and roof smashes, smashes it in the net. So, oh, sorry. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, if it's a if it's a coincidence, then it's an incredible coincidence that the, all these decisions go against us. So, now I think Rangers should pursue it all the way until we get that audio and find out exactly what was discussed. What was the discussion? So, what did Willie call him? What was Willie? What was the discussion Willie Callum had with the other VAR officials? And, and, and determining the decision that they arrived at. So that's going to help us no end, but they are, you know, nothing to see here. It's uh, all smoke and mirrors. It was offside anyway. You know, move along. Big bad, as you say, big bad Rangers. No, <clears throat> it's not big bad Rangers. It's uh, there's, there's legitimate questions to be asked here and we would like some answers. So I hope that the, the club do not back down on this. Yeah. And see this, the, the, the referees' union, Dave, where have they been? So, I mean, since the, 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 the strike, there's been umpteen things, pressure put in the referees. What about um, Wall came out and he said something, penalty to Rangers. He made a, a, umpteen cases of saying that. Where, where were the, 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 the union then? All of a sudden they're jumping out now because it's Rangers that are, that are, are putting in the... The top was worth. Yeah, well, Dave, the, one of the, the two mainstays of their AGM every year are, 
you know, big bad Rangers and the refs are cheats and 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 do Celtic down. So clearly they uh, they see this as a vehicle of you know, lumping pressure onto officials, and uh, you can see it, it's actually yielding some results because, as you said, you know between the Morelos goal, between the Roof goal, and now you know the, the events of uh, you know the <clears throat> December the thirtieth, we're beginning to to see that, that maybe maybe their strategy pays off. So you know we we uh, don't do not let it go. We need answers here. Yeah, well, I'm afraid I'm not very positive in that, Dave. I, do, I, I think it'll just be all swept under the carpet, as it always is. And it, it, when it comes down to an a, a, a SFA vote, Dave, you're always, they've got too many uh, hunchmen in there. It's it's all, uh, I mean, I think there's there's one Rangers minded on the board or something like that, and the rest, that, that's about it. So I'd, I'm not positive in that one. Yeah, I think we well on the SPFL uh, committee. We we rotate with, with that other lot each year, so I think uh, James Bisgrove is on that. So he, but as you say, I think we are uh, very much in the minority in, in terms of that. But I mean, that's that's that alone tells you there's a problem because it's not supposed to be, you know, a them and us, you know, contest each time that that, that committee meets. There are far more important issues for the good, the good of Scottish football as a whole that, that have to be decided in that committee in that that body, and you know the whole thing is just smacks of corruption, and uh, the the thing needs gutted to be honest. It really needs to just broke burnt and, and and rebuilt because the the present setup is just toxic. Yeah, that's for sure. And and as somebody somebody said in the comments there that. Few minutes ago, you've got the four Celtic-minded referees. To be honest with you, um, and you, you've you've got sixty thousand of them bawling and shouting at them. I mean, it's it's it's, it's really not a sort of a place where you can uh, where you can give Rangers much. To be honest with you, yeah, I mean. The, the, uh... If they're claiming that they're not influenced by that, you know, it's uh, it's it's you know, all what we see in front of us, and what what they saw in front of them, you know, and and their decision they arrived at, I mean, absolutely defies belief. So they've got some explaining to do, and uh, I I hope Rangers do not let this go. No, I don't. Well, I, I, I seen the uh, it was a Gary McGowan, I think, as you call him. He had a bit in the. The, his column today, whatever paper he works for, I'm not going to give the paper a, a, a shout. Um, and he says that Bennett and Miss Grove have made a, a balls of it. They said they, 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 it's like they've drove a, a lorry up a street, I think he said, and reversed it just as fat, far, fast backwards back out. What do you think, Dave? With these kind of because this is all part of the, the media. Circus, which is you know trying to get Rangers to back down, roll over, just take it on the chin. Just uh, it's there is no conspiracy. It's it just so happens that all the the major calls in these games just they uh, don't go your way. So well, I, I'm I for one, I'm not uh, satisfied with that. I would like to, you know, if 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 they're so confident in their case, just release the audio. Let's all hear it and uh, see where that takes us. 
Yeah, that's it. That would clear everything up, Dave. So that would be that would that would be it. That would be the finished. We can't do anything about it. I mean they were, I think they were hoping that this offside decision and as far as I know, I haven't seen the, the, the build up to it, but as far as I know, you the, the lines are drawn when the, the not when the ball's kicked. The line the, the ball's already been kicked. Um once uh when the lines were drawn. But I mean, you know yourself, if one player's running forward and one player's running backwards, it's, it's a split second. Oh, I mean, yeah. I've, I've often thought that it was offside until you see the 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 the, the photo of this, a still photo of it at the exact time the ball's kicked. But a split second is a, a can can make a big difference in uh, in in that that sort of a decision. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, you're talking, you know, fractions of a second here will make a difference because, as you say, players going in, you know, in the opposite direction of one another, you know, a, a tenth of a second is, is critical here. But the the important point here is that, that that they weren't aware of an offside decision when they when they came to the conclusion they did regarding the penalty kick. And what will clear all of this up is releasing the audio. So... I would, uh, if I were Rangers, I would not be letting it go until that is uh, that's made available to Rangers. And if I were Rangers, I would make it public. I would put it in the public domain. We're all we're not stupid, so let's make up our own mind. Yeah, well, we'll see where uh, where it takes us this week, Dave. And uh, I don't, I wonder, I wonder how long this will sort of uh, go on. But I, I mean, I think. The SFA are in for the long run, I think. I don't think they'll give in easy. Well, so, Dave, one of the things, sorry, just before we go, is that, you know, they're, they're putting Willie Collum in an impossible situation because if they don't come up with anything and this thing will run all the way, this will this will hang over Willie Collum for the rest of his natural-born days. So I think it's it's in the interests of all parties that this is cleared up to a satisfactory conclusion. You know, they will have to come to some sort of understanding eventually but as long as they're just going to say, no, no, nothing to see here, shut up, it isn't going to happen. So, and until that time, Willie Collum appearing at Ibrooks, you know, they are making statements in that, you know, Rangers are being irresponsible, you know, and bringing these things up because, you know, we've seen what's happened elsewhere with officials, you know, coming under pressure, you know, clearly alluding to, to referees being attacked and the like, you know, which, and, you know, I, I, I think they're, they're creating exactly that situation with Willie Collum. Well, they call him cannot appear back at Ibrooks with with this hanging over him. So, I think they're just uh, they're doing to, to us exactly what they're claiming Rangers are doing to them. So, I think it's in the interest of everyone that, that this matter is resolved, and that that can only be done by them releasing the audio. Yeah, well, I I hope they do, and I hope it gets sorted out. Um, certainly, I mean they, they obviously. It was very funny that he got the Friday night game um, in the in the championship uh, game. It was at uh, Queen's Park against Dunfermline. It's, it's very funny that he all of a sudden gets picked for that one, Dave. Yeah, I know. They've put him straight back in there. You know, like it's like normal service has been resumed. We're just going to carry on without you. Knowing full well that this is a... <clears throat> This isn't going to go anywhere. Wally Collum will not be at Ibrooks until, uh, I mean, because they're putting the guy in an impossible situation unless there's resolution. So they, they, that's staring him in the face. They, they're just hoping that 
that, that it's all going to just blow over, go away. Rangers will drop it, and that uh, you know eventually, you know, couple of months, couple of months time, we'll all just uh, <clears throat> I've forgotten about it. But uh, I'm afraid that isn't the case. I see some people in the comments, Dave. They're they're going about this offside rule. The thing is, it wasn't it wasn't um, disallowed for an offside rule. It was disallowed because Willie Collum didn't think it was a handball, yeah. and that is what it, that is what this is all about. It's not. We, we can all accept that Seema was offside, but that's not what it's about. Why did they come? But about half an hour later, and uh, with 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 a, a, a film where uh, where the lines were on. That shows them offside. Why was that not done right away? And the reason is because Willie Colm said it wasn't a handball, and then it doesn't need to. And that's why the referee gave a by kick because the referee thought it, it didn't hit him. It, it was a Rangers player that put it out. So the, the offside thing is um, is a is it a red herring? You call it. It's uh, it, it's because it's absolutely nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's an absolute, you know, smokescreen. It's like, look, there's a squirrel. And, and just replace that with offside. So, but the, Wally Collum has, has reviewed that that piece of footage and you can clearly see the trajectory of the ball changes when the handball, you know, when the hand connects with the ball. And you can see that quite clearly, but his interpretation of that, you know, with not counting offside because he wasn't aware of any offside at that time, when he made the decision, but he says that's not handball, and you're thinking, well, what what chance have you got? What constitutes handball? I mean, because the pundits, you know, at half time, you know, who were unaware, completely unaware of any offside, then you know, made their analysis on the basis that you know Sima and and the, the fullback are contesting for the ball, and he then clearly knocks the ball out with his hand, clearly a penalty. So they're bemused as to what's happened here. But what they're hanging their hat on is that this offside it would have been offside anyway. But that that wasn't known at the time, so that's uh, that's the squirrel in the room. Yeah, and they, they tried to blame Sky as well for uh, for putting out the film. But Croker, who, who's who's also not a Rangers mad uh, person, he said it would have been very nice if the if the referee had let us know. They were they were looking at an offside decision because he hadn't a clue at that time when when it was put up, Dave. Yeah, and and Dave and all of this just tells you they weren't looking at an offside decision. They were looking at a handball decision, and 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 Colum, in his infinite wisdom, did not see handball in that instant, which is which is why why I'm crying foul, and which is why Willie Colum has got a case to answer here. And until we re they release that audio, we're not going to clear this up. No, well, um, I think we'll let it drop at that, Dave. I don't think there's we we can add much more to it. It'll be the we'll, it'll be good to hear what the the referees' union uh, have all got to say about it. Uh, no doubt that'll be big bad Rangers again, and it will also be good to to see what how it develops further. Anyway, I'm going to go on to. Some of our transfer rumours, Dave, and unfortunately we were after one who I was very excited about, and that was Million Manhoof uh, from Vitesse. 
seemingly now Vitesse are saying that there's no chance they will release him um, in this window. That it'll be the end of the season. I'm, I'm really disappointed in that because I thought Vitesse they're needing the money. I thought they'll they'll uh, they will release him just now, but seemingly they think that he'll be a a big part in the fight against relegation. I don't think they'll. I think still think they'll get relegated right enough, but. Um, obviously, they are wanting every player, all hands on deck, as you say. Well, Dave, the, 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 the thing here is that they're, they're in a negotiating process, so this is a game This is a game of poker. It's bluff and double bluff. So if it's, uh, you know, if their target is to extract as much money as they can from Rangers, you know, it's, it may just be their play that, you know, that they're coming out to say he's going nowhere and the hope the Rangers will just raise the, the bid of, of whatever, you know, money they're, they're intending to pay, so <clears throat> I wouldn't uh, say this is dead in the water just yet. It's, it's standard negotiating techniques were involved here, you know. When you, uh, when it's, it's information and misinformation. So no, 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 we need them until, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Does that mean we're another two hundred fifty thousand pounds will, will make the difference? So I, I would test the resolve on that one. Let's. It'll be uh, that one won't be. You know, ruled out until the end of the transfer window. It's amazing how these things can, because VTS are desperate for the cash. They're also desperate to avoid relegation. But they then have to make a calculation as to whether you know we we get nothing in the summer or we get something now. So and and, and how they likely they are to be relegated if it's already a done deal. And <clears throat> well, looking very likely that they will be relegated. There's no reason to hold on to them. Well. And there is a reason to get rid of them. It means that they'll get some money, which they otherwise wouldn't get if, if they wait until the summer. No, they will get. They will get. He's, he's still got a year left in his contract, Dave, even after the summer. I think his contract's 25. So oh. he, they, they, will get, they will get a fee from him. And that's what they're hoping as well, that if they save him from relegation, that the, that the fee will obviously get higher um, if, they, if they stay in the era the division. But... Um, I, I watched him, Dave, in a few films, and uh, he looks a really crack player. And from from the stories I've been sort of hearing about, he looks really, really cracking. So let's hope that something does develop in that, and that Rangers can uh, can uh, can get him in in, in this window. Because I really, I really think he'll make a big good addition to our team. Kenny Miller dropped one today. Um, Dave, um, he said that Rangers need a creative midfielder. And he said Todd, Todd Cantwell isn't clicking at Ibrox and he thinks that he will leave in the January window. Now, I've got my, my own. I mean, let's face it, Todd Cantwell hasn't brought what we thought he was going to bring to the team. He, the, he, the few games that he played last season, he looked as if he was going to be a big, big, big jump up for us. But this season, he just doesn't seem to have done it. I, I don't know. Is, do you think he's got Bealitis? Uh, he, he loved the, the wee cuddle from Beal and the, the drinking coffee with Beal and he's not got the same sort of a... Yeah, but even under Beal this year's season, he didn't really play that good either, did he? So, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think that uh, clearly he's, he's a boy who, who speaks his mind, I would have thought. But I think the relationship with Philip Clement. I think I've yet to uh, kind of conclude, you know, what that means for Todd Cantwell, because you know we had the wee uh, public spat when when uh, 
Philip Clement took him off in the first half, which uh, you know wasn't a good optic for for Todd Cantwell, nor for Philip Clement for that matter. But that there may be just a wee clash of personalities here, which uh, just needs to be resolved. I mean, so I'm not a uh, I'm not going to throw the you know the, the toys out the pram here just at the moment because I think uh, where where Todd Cal Todd Cantwell plays in the team. Uh, and and what Philip Clement wants them to do, I think we are still uh, it's still up in the air. We're still trying to find out exactly where that lies. I think with Todd and with Philip Clement. So uh, I'm hoping that if I think Philip Clement, if he sees Todd as as something of a liability and you know incapable of taking instruction from him or, or won't take instruction from him, then then you would think maybe there's no long term in it. But I think if uh, if there's a, a uh, an offer and, and Philip Clement makes it known that you know that he he thinks he could spend you know the, the money that we would possibly receive for Todd Cantwell, you know, and, and a more able replacement for his particular you know, plan for the team, then I, I wouldn't rule that out entirely. So it would be a, a bizarre one to be honest, because Todd's, you know, he was he had a lot of credit, you know, from his performances when he arrived last year. Uh, this time last year and, and you know since then the tail end of last season so whether it's a Michael Beale thing maybe he's just feeling unloved I, I don't know maybe uh, Philip Clement because I don't think you know man managers will treat all players all the same way because it's, as we as we know there's some you just have to put your arm around and there's some you have to toe up the arse so I'm not sure maybe they're just finding their way as to what the a working relationship looks like for Todd Cantwell and Philip Clement. If they can, and it's uh, chalk and cheese, then it may be that Todd leaves. But I'm I'm hoping that that's not the case because Todd is clearly a, a very talented player. Yeah, he is a talented player. I'm not sure whether whether in the position that he plays in for Rangers, I, I really do think we need a creative midfielder. I don't know whether it's the high 10 that we need or is it the, the number 8 they call it the, the sort of a ball player that, that, that splashes the ball out everywhere sorry about getting a getting text message um, but um, I, don't know, I do think we need a, a, a person that can control the midfield Dave absolutely do you know the, the, the more quality of, that we can get in the team the better Dave you know there's just an absolute truism if ever there was one uh, if Todd isn't going to uh, to do or, or perform the role that the manager requires of someone in the team and he, he thinks he, he can have someone else do it better, then I think it's pretty much Philip Clement's call, you know, how this pans out. Because if he thinks that if we were to move Todd on and, and find something, you know, which is more in, in line with what the manager wants, then I think you have to just trust Philip Clement on this one and say, you know, that's... Because most of the calls he's made, you know, with the players that he's had at his disposal and they have been limited, you know, he has done okay. He's done very well, you know, in, in terms of, you know, making it a... And you hear him, you know, time after time, every time Philip Clement you know, opens his mouth, he's it's it's all about the team. It's all about the team. So no one's out there solo paddling their own canoe. It's all about sacrificing, you know, whatever position you're playing in or the role that you play. Is, is for the benefit of the team. I think I think Todd may be something of a free spirit. <laughs> Maybe just a wee bit too free-spirited for Philip Clement. So 
it will be interesting to to find how it pans out. But I don't think until we find a, a an able deputy or or a replacement for Todd, I don't think he'll be going anywhere. I, I must admit, it annoys me when he when he starts rubbing up players instead of get, just getting on with the game when he when he starts. Um, yeah. The likes of the, the throwing the water bottle situation, uh, yeah. not, not giving it to Celtic at that, at that time. Things like that. And these wee niggly things that he does during the game, I, I, I must admit, I don't, I don't like that either. Dave, we saw it as recently as, as we spoke about, you know, in our post-match pod from uh, from the game on, on last Tuesday, is that when he gets himself booked so early for, for launching a tirade at, at, at Beaton, and uh, beaten then, you know, gets him and Tav together to 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 chat about it and books Todd, you know, early in the first half. Uh, so I think it's wee moments like that where Todd's uh, temper gets the better of him, and you could clearly see that that Tav, you know, had a wee uh, a wee outburst with 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 Todd Cantwell after you know both him and uh, Tav had spoken to the referee together, and uh, clearly beaten had told Tav have a word with him because uh, I'm not taking that, whatever he'd said to him. So uh, clearly these these wee moments where he's just going to have to, Todd has to get by that stuff. You know, you're right. So maybe he's, he's, he's not his, his own best friend from time to time when, you know, he's getting booked so cheaply because it actually crossed my mind when it happened, you know, that how much of the game we had left and Todd, you know, and you know what he's capable of <clears throat> is now on a, on a yellow card. Uh, and you're thinking, you know, because I, I was... I thought after that that he was a, an absolute stick-on to be subbed. And uh, Philip Clement waited way more than I thought he would in, in terms of subbing him because I thought that he's going to get yanked here because, you know, he's obviously been a naughty boy and having an outburst at beating. But, I, I mean, I would have to have some sympathy for him because uh, he had probably had the same outburst at beating that I did. So, uh, but it's clearly Todd has to be uh, take that those wee things, but does that make him less of a player? Hopefully not. I mean, maybe it's a maturity thing, but uh, I'm hoping that Todd will stay because I think he's a quality player and he's capable of uh, big moments for us. Yeah, well, you've seen that um, McGregor was right in his face as well. As soon as anything, as soon as Cantwell did anything, McGregor was right up to him and getting in his face. So he sort of uh, got their attention that way. And oh, yeah. they, they obviously know that he's prone to to get yeah. a bit annoyed about it. So I think it would be good for himself if he could just if they start getting in his face, just to sort of back off and go away and put the ball in the net. That's the best way to shut these people up, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, moving on. The other player that's sort of a rumor that he's going to be leaving is Red Van Yilmaz. Um, seemingly he's a uh, hell is it Verona you call it uh, and the funny thing is that that's where Josh Doig is um, seemingly Josh Doig is um, well was, there was rumours that he's coming to us but seemingly that's not going to be anymore he has uh, got a, 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 a verbal agreement with Torona, Torona Torino Torino um, and He's not coming to us, and Yilmaz could be going that way, Dave. But I'll just put it up on the screen. We got a a, a statement from Besiktas 
and they say regarding the final transfer of our professional football player Red Van Yelmas to Rangers FC club, an agreement has been reached at €4 million Euros will be guaranteed fee £2.2 million Euros and will be contingent fee in cases where player is loaned or transferred to another club while his contract with Rangers is still going. 20% of the net transfer will be paid to our company. So, Dave, um, they're going to get the, there's a 20% um, buy-on for uh, agreement with them. So, we're going to have to get a lot more than we paid for them then to cover it. Uh, you would think so, Dave. Yeah, we're going to have to. Uh, I mean, I don't know how, how the two point two five million euros is, is is what what triggers that payment because it's clearly it's a four million euros payment with two point two five contingent on certain conditions being met. I I don't know whether that'll be number of games or or, or whatever, but but the no doubt that the full contract will, will specify what that means. But it means that uh, we would have to sell them for five million euros to break even, because twenty uh, percent of it will go to will go to Besiktas. So we need to find we need to sell him for for five million euros to break even. That's what that means. Yeah, that's that, that's for sure. <laughs> Somebody quoted it at my attempt to say it. I was never ever never any good at counting money, Dave. That's the thing. <laughs> it just I just throw it at my wallet. <laughs> Here you count it. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we'll, well, we'll see what happens in that one, Dave. Um, everybody was sort of thinking that Bonabaric would be going, and obviously there's 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 big rumours that we're we're bringing in a, a a left back. I suppose the possibility is that the two of them leave. Yeah. I, and I don't think there would be uh, no one's. We're not going to be manning the barricades at Ibrox if both Borna Barisic and, and Ridvan Yilmaz. I thought Ridvan was excellent against Kilmarnock, uh, and I think that there is a player in there. I know he's, you know, his lack of height is is an issue for some people, but uh, certainly I think he's a he's a very gifted football player, and I think for most of the games that we will play in the SPFL. Red Van Nielmaz is, for me anyway, this is just my personal opinion, is, is, is a better option than Borna. I just think he's a... Uh... So, <clears throat> that would be... be a... I, I, if both were to go and, and we uh, we then recruited, you know, I think they're mentioning some some boy from Holland. Uh, but I think, you know, even if it was Adam Devine or Sterling we put at left-back, then you know I, I don't think it would be a, a complete disaster for us. I think if we could uh, turn both of them into some euros, which we could then you know use more wisely and, and you know, beefing up our strike force, I think that would be a would not be a bad thing for us. Our, our main problem isn't left back; it's scoring goals. And if uh, we could divert some resource to that, I think we'd be the squad would be better off. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go into a shank on the uh, debate at this time, but um, I'll, I'll stick it left back, Dave, because uh, Josh Doig, as I said, he was supposed to be one of the people we were interested in. 
But now he is going to Torino. Will that be a miss? Have we missed the boat there? Uh, I think we missed the boat. It won't, this won't be missing the boat. It'll be missing the boat when he left Hibs. So, I mean, as, as we've seen with, with uh, Josh Doig and, and a few other players who have, who have left Scotland to either go, go to the continent, you know, and I'm thinking uh, Lewis Ferguson here and, and players who have gone down south. So, no, it, it wouldn't be the first time in our recent history that we've that we've missed the boat on, on some potentially uh, Scots players anyway, who, who would have been a useful addition to our squad. But you know that, that's it's always a gamble, and, and it's always easy after the the event to say you know oh, here's what you should have done, but you know let's not play that game. We we just need to deal with things as they are, and not necessarily agonise over things that that might have been so. It's, uh, it's it's what we do from now on that counts, not we, not what we didn't do in the past. I've seen seen some people online talking about bringing back Ferguson, Dave. I think I think that boat's gone as well. I think he's well out of our uh, price range now. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Lewis Ferguson has now become the the top scoring Scot in Serie A. Uh, you know, and, and he's in some illustrious company there with uh, Joe Jordan and Dennis Law. So, no, I think that you're right. That one perhaps is now uh, out of our price range. Maybe uh, he'll be two contracts away from from being available to Rangers when when he's when he's uh, <clears throat> just a wee bit older and looking for a you know a return home. Which is again another one we could have had him for for buttons before he went when he left Hamilton Aki's. but uh, again, you know, let's not agonise over it. Let's just uh, concentrate on those who are available. Let's make sure we get it right this time. I mean, if anything, it should just provide us incentive that you know we do our homework and make sure that the signings that we make in this transfer window are actually going to add to the quality of our squad. Yeah, well, uh, let's have a look at. Some of the players that, that they're talking about, it's been rumoured that we could be bringing in, Dave. One was um, the boy Beck from Dundee, Owen Beck from Dundee. Uh, he's been called back to Liverpool, unfortunately, so I think that looks like he will not be coming our way. He always looked good when I, when I watched him uh, playing for Dundee. I didn't, didn't see them that often, but he played against played for us a few times against them and uh, I, I thought he looked very good Dave Yeah he, he certainly did he caught my eye you know in, when in the times that I saw him on TV albeit that would be highlights so uh, and, and when when we played them so uh, obviously a very decent player you know quite young I mean but to be honest you know do we, we want to sit, sign these players for a six-month loan to the summer and then wave them bye-bye. You know, I suppose it's a kind of short-term gap. We can plug a hole in, in, in the short term. But I'm He's hoping... That, I think He's having a look. Oh, you go. Sorry. I'm hoping that he's uh, will have uh, longer-term options in terms of uh, addressing the, the issues in our squad. I mean, certainly a loan or a couple of loans, fine. But I, I think my patience pretty much ends at that because I think we uh, we should have players under contract. If Rangers are going to do the player trading model, then Rangers have to have these players under contract for this thing to work. So 
the more of that we can do, the better. Yeah, well, another name that came up, Dave, was, I've uh, got to get this here, Frederick Uppergaard. He's from PSV. And normally, player from PSV, I would be all over it. Similar, I think he's Norwegian or Denmark, Danish, he's Scandinavian anyway. And he uh, he, he is mentioned. But I was looking at his, his stats, and unfortunately, this one I come up with, this is his injury. If you look at his injury stats, then they're absolutely shocking. So I think is when when I hear his name, I'm afraid I won't be looking at. I think he's 130 days or something, 46 days, 39 days, 86 days, 72 days. All all injured, Dave. I I hope we keep away from that one. Yeah, I would certainly uh, agree with you in that one, Dave, because we we don't need any more of these guys well, who, are, who are fantastic players but are, are unavailable for two-thirds of the season. That's uh, absolutely no use to us. We, uh, we, we, we need people who, who will be uh, a bit more robust you know, <clears throat> than, than, than that. And so the, the history, I mean, it doesn't tell you everything, but it does tell you something. So I think we uh, we need to spend our money wisely, and uh, that that sort of injury track record would uh, raise us all, all manner of questions. And you're thinking, you know, well, you know, we're getting them, we're getting them cheap. He's a smashing player. He's a uh, if he's sitting in the stand, he's no player at all. So no, to be avoided, I suspect. Yeah, big big Hellander sort of jumps into my mind because uh, his his. Injury record was terrible as well when we uh, and I, I think they they always think oh well maybe for us we'll we'll sort them out but it very rarely does Dave very rarely so moving on to another one that uh, we're we're seemingly talking about which I am very excited about I will put them up Chris Small or Small as as the Dutch would say it um, I've contacted a few of my FC Twenty supporting friends. In fact, most of my friends are FC20 supporting and they are. Uh, they, they say he's an absolute cracker of player. They, they say he's, he's, I think this season or last season he had uh, 10 assists in total. doesn't score an awful lot of goals but uh, seemingly with assists he's, he's got a very, very high assist rate. Dave, have you uh, anything, have you ever heard, seen anything about him? Other than he's uh, known as Smaldini. So that, that would suggest a certain level of quality. So <clears throat> I don't know too much about the boy, but I'm hoping that the our new director of football is going to bring with him, you know, a wealth of information on players that he is aware of that that we may be in a market for. So I'm, I'm, I don't know whether this boy will, will fall into that category, but uh, I, I'm sure we we need to do our homework. We need to get this right. Because after the absolute catastrophe of, of a transfer window that we had in the summer, we we can't have too many more like that. We we so much we need we need to get this one right. Because if uh, we're going to have a, a a proper tilt at this the league title this year, this this has to we have to make these transfer this transfer window count. So over to you boys. Yeah, well, it's, it's certainly certainly one that I, I, I would hope because I looked at his injury um, 
record as well. And he did have a couple of injuries. He had a calf injury, kept him out for 104 days. But I think uh, that was sort of a biggest one. He had a couple just a, a week or two weeks. Uh, that was a sort of a biggest one. So, yeah, I, I, I really would love us to get him. He is free free transfer in the the summer, Dave. You could pick him up for nothing. No, he was a player. He, he was valued at six billion. So, obviously, if he's got a brand new contract, then uh, he'd probably worth six million again. Definitely worth it that way, Dave. Uh, well, the, the absence of a transfer fee usually means that they will be on a tidy wage. You know, my limited understanding of how these things work is that when no transfer fee is involved, then uh, there's some of that gets added to the player's salary, depending on how well their agent can negotiate these matters. But So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that, that Niels will have a, a list of players, you know, like, and, and Smaldini will hopefully be uh, one among many that he's aware of who are going to add some quality to our squad. There's a question up on the screen, Dave. Who would you want rid of, fellas, this January? For me, it would be Lammers, Dessers, Yelmaz, Davies, McLaughlin and Matondo. Oh, McLaughlin's a, a no-brainer. <laughs> that's, that, that's one that would be uh, away. Well, uh, I'm going to uh, agree full, wholeheartedly with Positive Vibes because I think uh, that, that list is... I would agree with every one of those. You know, So we, uh, we need to manage the wage bill. Uh, we need to get better value because I'm looking at some of those names. You know, they'll be they'll be in. Um, I would say I would add roof to that immediately. You know, and and say you know the, the money that they're taking for uh, occupying the bench. You know, week in week out is uh, just cannot continue. We we need to uh, we need to cut back in the size of our squad immediately. I mean, we've had so many injuries that picking a larger squad has actually helped us get by. But I think in the longer term, you know, we uh, the squad numbers should be slightly reduced, and and, and hopefully allow us to uh, attract a a better quality player. Uh, yeah, I mean, five well done, positive vibes because I see he's added Scott Wright to that list because uh, I would certainly be adding him to it. So that's a list of eight names we've got. You know, who who would be a uh, clearing the decks at Ibrooks for us to be able to uh, attract some better quality. Because, I mean, as we said, we said earlier and, and we said last week, first and foremost, we need more firepower. We need more goals up front. Because, you know, season after season, that lot outscores. And, and we actually did get within a touching distance of them in terms of goal difference. But that's, uh, that's dropped off again. So we need more firepower. We if uh, we need a pr proper centre forward, we need a couple of you know wingers who will who will contribute with 50, at least fifteen goals per season, and uh, and take it from there. So big transfer window. This is you know lumping pressure onto the Clermont and and Niels, but they they have to get this right. It's as simple as that. Yeah, that's for, that's that's for sure. And uh, maybe if if we sold most of them, Dave, maybe we could bring in players like Ferguson and uh, and and the other good players. Obviously, we need money. Somebody somebody said uh, not here or but online. I think or follow follow. I think it was. Um, if we sell them, we could get 
uh, a couple of players for 12 million and he, he, he said Ferguson is a part of it but I think it would take the best part of 12 million to get Ferguson alone now Dave do you not think so? I'm not sure it would be as high as that but I'm, I'm hope, certainly hoping it wouldn't be as far as that but I mean that that's just kind of rubbing salt in the wind really isn't it of, of us failing to act previously and and on that boy, because we've we've probably had uh, two bites at that cherry in terms of him leaving Hamilton Ackies and him leaving Aberdeen. So, uh, no, I think we should maybe just put these things behind us and say, right, let's not let's try and avoid doing this again in the future. I, don't, I mean, there's a, I mean, James Quinn's just added another name, you know, and and Yanis Hadji. Have we? Uh, I see the uh, Alaves have just beat, beat Real, uh, Real Betis this weekend. So that, that score caught my eye when I was having a wee flick through the scores. I was just wondering whether Hadji featured in that. Uh, but no, I mean, we've now, we're probably now in double digits here in terms of names that we would be looking to uh, you know, liquidate to get to get more money. So it's, and some of that has to happen this window, you know, because for, to get players in, some of those players need to go out. Yeah, well, I, I, I was just uh, just thinking there. If we keep, if we get rid of that, everybody, we're not going to be able to put a team on the on the park. And I seen somebody here. I, I was saying that I can't find it at the moment. Oh yeah, this one. I think it's this one. If you no, sorry, that one. That one. If you think Ferguson is our answer, then you're deluded. He was in the team that got trounced by the banks. Yeah, mm. we take yeah, Ferguson back, Dave. I mean, I've I've seen uh, you know some of our players get trounced by the banks. You know, so I mean, quite recently, probably the hardest game I was ever at as a Rangers fan was the five 0 drubbing that we got at Ibrox, and uh, you know, and and days gone by, you know, six two at Parkhead when we had uh, Ronald De Boer and. You know, players, we had, uh, what's his name? Oh, well, I think, you know, there was, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? The Dutch fullback. Oh, Walters. No. Walters. Oh, the old boss. Deal. <laughs> no. no. Oh, I know what you mean. The receiving end of a paste. And so, I mean, it's, it's not exclusive Rickson. to Aberdeen. Rickson, you mean? Fernando Rickson, who got subbed in the first half, yeah. So, I mean, it's not a... I, I wouldn't be holding that. That's not, you know, I think uh, Lewis Ferguson, if nothing, he comes pretty much pre-packed as a Rangers player because he knows exactly what it means to play for Rangers coming from the family he does. So there'll, there'll be nothing required in terms of instruction for Lewis Ferguson when, when he, should he ever get to the Ibrox. Because he pretty much knows the score. But uh, being a Rangers fan doesn't always make you the best Rangers player. But uh, I'm hoping that you know the, our new director of football, as I, as I said earlier, is going to bring you know a whole list of names that that we could that Philip Clement should possibly be targeting. That's actually going to fit into the Philip Clement model of, of what this his team wants to be, and, and wants to look like. So, but first and foremost, before we do anything, we uh, we need a striker. We absolutely need a striker. So, and until that berth is is filled, I I'll be a sweating buckets in this transfer window. Yeah, you're talking about a, a striker, Dave. Somebody that's making a lot of noise now. Uh, well, his agent is anyway. 
is Van Fane, the ex Motherwell player. He's seemingly coming back. His, his wife's either pregnant or just had a, a, a kid. And he is making a quite a lot of noise that he, he would be love to join Rangers and Rangers are after him. Uh, would you be interested in Van Fane? No. No. So that, that's it. I'm not going to say anymore because Van Veen, you know, is a Motherwell player. Scored some cracking goals for Motherwell, there's no doubt about that. <clears throat> but being a Motherwell player is not the same as being a Rangers player. So I'm hoping that we've... Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm choking here. <clears throat> that we'll be looking at better options than uh, Van Veen. It seems as well that uh, Shankland has uh, has sort of a told hearts that he won't be signing a new contract and that he'd prefer to go to Rangers. Now, I, I know we disagree on this one. You're a, a Shankland, uh, for Shankland. I'm afraid I'm, I'm not. He's just far too slow for me. I think I think there must be better Dave out there that, that we don't need to... to I mean, give, give, uh, there must be younger players with a sell on that we, that we can get rather than Shankland, surely. Yeah, Dave, if, if we don't sign Lauren Shankland, I'll not be crying myself to sleep at night, you know. It's, uh, but <clears throat> I think he, he knows Scottish football. You can see his goal record, you know, for Hearts this season. is uh, I think he's 15 goals, 15, 16 goals now. So I think Lauren Shankland would do a job for us. But is he a, like in a long-term solution? Is he going to be, you know, a, a player trading a trading, you know, player who, who we could then get uh, recoup some some money on, then I, I, I don't see that being the case. He's he's pretty much a kind of stopgap in that in that sense. But uh, I, I, you're right. I do think Lon Shanklin would do a job for us, and I think he's uh, you know Scottish football. He knows the road to go. I think he would get plenty of chances, you know, playing for Rangers. Uh, so I think if if Lon Shanklin continues to do what Lon Shanklin can do then uh, I think he would score quite a few goals for us. So it really depends on the fee as to whether I would judge that being a, a good deal or not. It depends how, how the negotiation with Hearts would go. But I wouldn't be paying uh, mad money for a guy who's 29. So if it's if it was somewhere, another striker who we could uh, get the same return on, who could we could then turn into uh, some some money, that's, uh, that's where I would, I would be directing my fire. But I know it's easy to say that sitting here, and it's quite another thing to do it, you know, with uh, Philip Clement's job. That, that's why they pay him all that money. Yeah, well, I, I suppose Clement and Niels uh, Coppin will will have something in the line, hopefully. Um, one uh, one thing that's going to be quite interesting, Dave, in, in January, I, I hope, I believe, is the return of Lovelace. Now, I don't think he'll be. I don't think. I think we'll be buying a striker anyway. I don't think he'll be the answer to the the, the striker problem. But it'll be interesting to see what uh, he will play in Clement's squads. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Zach Lovelace, you know, is uh, is shown in, in you know the kind of very brief appearances that he made on the on the first team that he's clearly a. Uh, you know, he's got plenty of pace, strength. Uh, he knows the road. He's, he knows the road to goal. He can score. So, I mean, much in the way that Dujon Sterling has surprised us by coming into the team and being a far better player and far more versatile, is uh, is 
the player that we thought he was. You know, we're thinking he's going to be cover for fullback, and all of a sudden, you know, he's he's in the midfield and, and just does not look out of place. Looks an absolute asset. Then, uh, you know, that, that maybe a couple of these players will surprise us. And, and, and when I, I meant to say earlier, you know, about some of the players who are going out and concentrating quality, we really should be getting a better return from our academy. And I'm thinking, you know, Adam Devine and uh, Leon King get in the team. You know, I think it's, it's time we, we find out whether that's a go or a, or a war. You know, uh, Bailey Rice. So some of the, we've got some talent there that, and, and maybe others. Look at how Ross McCausland has appeared. Because, you know, speaking to uh, some people earlier was that, you know, from the, the, the B team last year, that they would not have even put Ross McCausland in the top five of, of you know, potential players who, who are, would be capable of breaking into the first team. But yeah, Ross McCausland has appeared, not looked out of place, chipped in with assists and goals. You know, and I, I thought in in the game against Kilmarnock on Tuesday, Ross McCausland was very good. I mean, he, he scored the first goal. But Ross McCausland, you know, these types of players who are going to be uh, break into the first team and hold their place, that is, uh, I, I don't think it's unreasonable for us to expect at least one or two a season, you know, coming through our academy because we do have a an awful lot of players who are running through that academy. I think we should be, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that the structure, and the structural changes, which uh, Niels Corbin and, and, and the the team at Auchenhowie will, are, are putting in place, we'll see, we'll see a, a better return on our investment in, in that academy. Because uh, I think it's something which is, we haven't had enough of. And Ross McCausland has just shown you know what we can produce, and I'm hoping that there's there are more to come from from that source. Well, I think you can say the same about Patterson, Dave, because yeah. if if, if Tavernier wasn't injured, would, would Patterson have got his chance? I, I very much doubt it. That yeah, yeah, I know exactly right. And then you know we looked at uh, Nathan and, and and the performance he's turned in, and, and where that ultimately led, you know, and making so he would be possibly. I wish we'd have kept Nathan Parson, you know, for a, for a wee bit longer. But obviously with Tavernier there, it, it was going to be a one or the other, I think, in, a, in the longer term. So maybe the decision was that, you know, with Tav at least occupying that berth another couple of seasons, it was best to take, the, you know, Everton's money at the time. But I th I'm, that's, that's a better decision, you know, a better place to be than, than, than having no one go and going out to fork it, you know, millions of pounds for fullbacks. Which is what we're talking about doing for for a, a, a left back right now, you know. So we're in the market for a left back. Whereas, you know, if if Auchenhowie was to be able to produce a left back for us, that, that that's a that's a much better way of doing business than than forking out millions of pounds as we did with Yilmaz and then finding out he's not quite the right player for us. So we we need to get we need to get the balance of all of this right and what we develop and what we purchase. So. And, and I know it's dead easy for me to say that sitting here, and it's quite another thing to, to put it into practice. But I'm hoping that, you know, the, in the next wee while, you know, a recent turnover of managers between Stevie Gio and then Gio and then Michael Beale and now Philip Clement, you know, that, that this whole thing settles down. We need Philip Clement to be in, in place for a couple of years to get some continuity, to get a long-term strategy. Because, you know, Corbyn's job, is, isn't really this transfer window, it will be the summer's 
transfer window next January and the summer after that's transfer window for him to, and, and Philip Clement put in place the squad that's actually going to win us titles. That, that's that, that's really their mission. So it's perhaps, you know, a wee bit unfair to say, you know, when the guys are only in, the, I mean, 12 weeks, I think uh, Philip Clement's been in the job. Neil, Co- Neil Scorpin's only crossed the door and, and we're already lumping our expectations onto them and saying, no, we, you need to get this squad sorted. And I'm sure they will get the squad sorted, but it's, it may take some time. But it would be absolutely beautiful and, and I would be uh, dancing a jig of delight if they could get a couple of quality players in now that, that could fire us to the league title because I don't think we've got too far to go. That mob are, are very gettable. And I think if we can get the recruitment in this January transfer window right, we will give them a serious run for their money. And, and that's that's all I can hope for at the moment. Oh, I, I, I perfectly agree with you. When the looking at the midfield again, Dave, now we've got Raskin coming back. We've all, obviously got Lundstrom. What do we do with, uh, with Sterling now? Obviously, he's not going to take Tav's place. Or how how do we fit the how do we fit the the midfield round? Well, it's going to be these three players that are fighting for a place, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it was good to see Raskin back on Tuesday, so it's given them the manager options, and I think you know Philip Camons was talking about you know he's in an observation phase when he arrives to you know review the players. I think as uh, as Raskin comes back, you know, Tom Lawrence gets back. Then you know he's he's got further options to evaluate in terms of uh, the squad, so it's just about as we said keeping the keeping these players fit. But uh, Dujon Sterling's been an absolute revelation for me. The boy is uh, he's, he's strong, he's quick, he, he can pass the ball. Uh, <clears throat> he's uh, him and John Lundstrom look like look like they've played you know far more than the half handful of games that they they've played so far. It was uh, it was good to see. I also thought he was he was good in the old firm game, Dujon Sterling. He did not uh, shy away from that. So all is well, and it's amazing how these things can just fall your way when you know the situation demands that you take a chance. And 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 Dujon Sterling's clearly uh, only enhanced his chances of getting first team football at Rangers by his recent performances. And and I'm just crossing my fingers that there are other options, you know, coming through which. Uh, can only add to Philip Clement's problems in terms of having players available who who can who are ready-made replacements for some of the people <clears throat> who have been there, you know, a couple of years, who think that their their place is absolutely cemented in. Uh, so it would be a competition, Dave, isn't it? It's it's no more complicated than that. You know, if you have competition for places, then uh, then I think that that provides a motivation for these people to be uh, on top of their game while they know they're out of the team. So that's clearly the situation that the manager wants to get to. Yeah, well, it's going to be it's going to be a, a choice. Obviously, you've got Lundstrom and Sterling, or you've got Raskin and Sterling as a new one. It would really be pretty sad, I think, to get Sterling back in the bench long time. I, I, absolutely, because the thing about uh, Philip Clement, he clearly sees John Lundstrom as a key component in, in the Rangers team because John Lundstrom is his is first pick. He's he's in the team because he, I think he thinks he can trust him. I think 
John Lundstrom will will carry out the instruction to that the manager provides him to to the letter. So he clearly sees a, a kindred spirit in John Lundstrom. But when you uh, have a look at you know John Lundstrom's you know the age he is, are, are, we, are we in a position to offer John Lundstrom you know another three or four year deal? You know, on, on the salary that he's on, or are there better long-term alternatives? Is is Dujon Sterling a ready-made replacement for for John Lundstrom? So there are a number of things which the manager has to weigh up in terms of, because the, the, in the summer, well, even before the summer, the Rangers and, and John Lundstrom will have to re- will negotiate, will at least discuss. You know, do we offer John Lundstrom another contract, or does John Lundstrom just run it down and then just take a trip back down south? So there's a, I think Philip Camon has to be prepared for both eventualities in, in terms of uh, replacing John Lundstrom because, as I said, you can clearly see that John Lundstrom is a key component of any Philip Camon team because he's in there every week. Yeah, well, Dave, after I've run out of things to, to ask and say, and that's us over an hour now, um, anything you've got in your chest that you want to get get off your chest? Uh, no, other than you know the, the players will be off to Spain this week, and I'm hoping that we can uh, use that time to wisely because we need to get set. Our track record recently in coming back from these breaks <laughs> isn't good, so I'm hoping that Philip Clermont has us firing for uh, for us returning with the Copenhagen uh, friendly, which. Which I think, I mean, a friendly is a friendly, so that might just be getting minutes. But the Dumbarton in the cup, and then we've get, we're off to Easter Road, you know, and and one of our uh, our games in hand. And I think we we have to win this because I think we can lump some pressure on them by getting a couple of points behind them. So I'm hoping Philip Clement's doing everything he can do to get that mob ready for the return, and we uh, come out the traps. Yeah, I certainly hope so. One quick question, Dave. Had you bring him back or sell him? Uh, I think if, if there was a few million euros uh, attached, I, I, then I would be inclined to, to sell him if we could get get the, the, the correct fee for him. But I think uh, Hadji is, is, a, is a very good football player. And, and clearly, he, he will have now had a few minutes with uh, over in Spain. It would, I would have to, obviously Rangers will be checking his progress over there. Again, it would be really be trusting Philip Camon as to whether Haji, Haji is a consummate professional. I mean, he puts his heart and soul into it. So I can't see that see that being an issue for Philip Clermont. It's just whether he sees him as being a, you know, a key component for, for a Philip Clermont team or not. And I think that's what will ultimately be the judge of, of his future at Rangers. As to what whatever the opinion of Philip Clement is on on Yanis Hadji, I personally like Yanis Hadji. I think he's a he's a very technical, gifted player. He's got a, I think he's sometimes a couple of moves ahead of some of the players that he's been working with. He's got the Hollywood ball, but again, and his attitude is is absolutely second to none. So I, I don't know the answer on that, Dave. Is, is is my answer as to whether I would just have to trust Philip Clement. Yeah, I think uh, Seema is going to be a big miss as well. Of course, when uh, I mean we're not only going to 
have not have a, a, a decent striker, but the only, the only person that can score goals was sitting by losing as well. So hopefully we do bring in and somebody somebody can fill Seema's place as well. So well, that's it's all, it, Sean Seema though. I mean, that's another uh, reason why Philip Clement and and Coppin need to get the this the, this transfer window correct in terms of firepower up front because we have relied so much on Seema that if if he goes in the summer. You know, we need to have, uh, we need to have alternatives, and I'm hoping that some of those alternatives will be put in place this January. So that's uh, because if we can't agree a fee with Brighton for for Abdullah Sima, and if they're talking seven or eight million quid, you're thinking, oh, that's a big investment for Rangers. Is it, uh, can we afford to lump all our money in, on onto one pair of shoulders? It's a gamble. Yeah. I mean, it depends on paper. Uh, if you if you look at all these uh, Celtic-minded people, they've got it up at fifteen to twenty million already. So that's that's the way they that's the way they work. They've the their their players they bring down in price, and our players they put up in price. So that's uh, that that's the way they work. Anyway, Dave, I'm going to finish up now. I'll say uh, thanks for everybody for listening, and I'll say bye bye from the two of us. And I. Don't know what's happening Thursday. I would say keep uh, a look on the, the, the Facebook web, website and find out. I think there possibly will be a pod. Certainly if anything happens, there'll be a pod. But if it's the same news, regurgitating the same stories the whole time, then maybe we'll take a day off. So keep that in a, a good look on Facebook. Anyway, bye-bye for now. And remember, we are the people.